You are listening to the Lima Baptist Temple podcast, where you can hear the latest messages and other conversations as we strive to go serve and love in our communities. If you want to know more about us, visit us online at limabaptisttemple.org. If you've enjoyed our podcast, be sure to subscribe and check us out on YouTube. Well, we're concluding our series today on miracles, and we've been praying for a miracle, a breakthrough, and we have seen them. And I'm going to share a couple this morning. Uh, actually, uh, I received a call Wednesday evening around a little after 6.30 p.m. here at the church uh, from a parent. The parents are actually here, the grandparents here. You know them. Uh, that their son, 23-year-old son, who is now in St. Rita's Hospital, was changing a tractor tire on a combine. This particular combine tire was a little over 1,000 pounds. And as he had it up ready to put on, he just turned for one second and the, tr- the tire was on him. Now you can imagine, crushed, dead, all of that. It kind of landed from his waist down. And so he was transferred, of course. But let me tell you this. He's laying there with a 1,000-pound tractor tire on top of him. And there are really no other people around except a customer. And it wasn't like this guy was 6'10", 300. And this guy, you've heard these stories, adrenaline, picks up the tire, but it took him two tries off of him. They call the ambulance. They transfer him to St. Rita's. He is there. Should be there for about two weeks. I went up to see him the next day. It uh, kind of broke up his pelvis pretty good. Two broke toes. They didn't know what kind of surgeries, exactly what all kind of surgeries they have to do. And he's not going to have to have surgery as of now, period. That's one of your miracles. Amen? Another miracle. The niece of uh, dear friends of mine, Lori's, is pregnant. After now, listen to this. Having six miscarriages and losing those babies between six weeks and nine weeks. After that, she also went through two fertility clinics, 65 Clomid tablets, six trigger shots, 70 progesterone injections, and she is now 15 weeks pregnant with twins, a boy and a girl. Now talk about a miracle, and we're continuing to pray for her as she gets through this pregnancy. This past week, we've, someone received a terrible diagnosis of cancer. Some of you in here have been healed of cancer. Some of you are being healed of cancer. And now we need to continue to pray for others. There's a lot of things going on, but nothing catches God by surprise, so understand that. But you know, there are times when you hit what I call prayer walls, where you are praying for God to work, and you're kind of seeing progress, but then suddenly you see something so insurmountable, a big barrier that comes, and a dead end where it looks like it's totally impossible, and what do you do? You're like me. You just feel like giving up. Well, today we're going to look at one of the most famous miracles in the Old Testament. Most people that go to church, you know, they're, they're familiar with it. But because everybody is a different day and age today, that's why I like to read a lot of Scripture. We're going to read the whole, pretty much the whole story here in a moment. But it's about the walls of Jericho when they fell. As the children of Israel went into the Promised Land, the very first battle that they fought was the Battle of Jericho. But understand, they never had to use a sword, never had to shoot an arrow or anything. So open your Bibles to Joshua 6, or you can follow on the screen today. I believe with all my heart that when God uses His Word, and we 
spend time in His Word and we study His Word, He speaks directly to our hearts and He wants to speak directly to your heart this morning with some personal and powerful words that are directly to you wherever you are this morning. So we're going to read the first 16 verses of Joshua chapter 6. Now Jericho was shut up inside and outside because of the people of Israel. None went out and none came in. And the Lord said to Joshua, See, if I have given Jericho into your hand with its king and mighty men of valor, you shall march around the city, all the men of war going around the city once. Thus shall you do for six days. Seven priests shall bear seven trumpets of ram's horns before the ark. On the seventh day you shall march around the city seven times, and the priests shall blow the trumpets. And <coughs> excuse me. And when they make a long blast with the ram's horn, when you hear the sound of the trumpet, then all the people shall shout with a great shout, and the wall of the city will fall down flat, and the people shall go up, everyone straight before him. So Joshua, the son of Nun, called the priests and said to them, Take up the Ark of the Covenant, and let seven priests bear seven trumpets of ram's horns before the Ark of the Lord. And he said to the people, Go forward, march around the city, and let the armed men pass on before the Ark of the Lord. And just as Joshua had commanded the people, the seven priests bearing the seven trumpets of ram's horn before the Lord went forward, blowing the trumpets with the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord following them. The armed men were walking before the priests who were blowing the trumpets, and the rear guard was walking after the Ark while the trumpets blew continually. But Joshua commanded the people, You shall not shout or make your voice heard, neither shall any word go out of your mouth until the day I tell you to shout. Then you shall shout. So he caused the ark of the Lord to circle the city, going about at once. And they came into the camp and spent the night in the camp. Then Joshua rose early in the morning, and the priest took up the ark of the Lord. And the seven priests, bearing the seven trumpets of ram's horn before the ark of the Lord, walked on, and they blew the trumpets continually. And the armed men were walking before them, and the rear guard was walking after the ark of the Lord, while the trumpets blew continually. And the second day they marched around the city once and returned into the camp, so that it did for six days. On the seventh day they rose early at the dawn of day and marched around the city in the same manner seven times. It was only that day, on that day that they marched around the city seven times. And at the seventh time, when the priest had blown the trumpets, Joshua said to the people, Shout, for the Lord has given you the city. And if you go to verse 20, you will see that the walls fell flat. Well, I want you to see right away three things about walls. First of all, listen, they're in everyone's path. They are in everyone's path and can potentially just frustrate and tempt you to give up in your praying. Have you ever been there? Have you ever done that? Why do we pray for a miracle? Asking God to do a work, and when we don't see any results, we give up so quickly. It's because we don't understand, is my opinion, three things about walls that God wants to teach us today. First of all, we need to understand that walls distort our perspective. 
You see that the battle of Jericho was the first battle the people of Israel fought after they entered the promised land. After being in the desert for like 40 years, they go into the promised land and they're probably thinking, man, this is going to be amazing, right? We're in the promised land, the land flowing with milk and honey. Can you imagine being an Israelite in battle at that time? Especially when you're camped out and you're a little nervous thinking, man, we're going to try to climb these walls, maybe. And what did they do, the people that climbed the walls? Have you ever watched TV and the movies and how they would pour that hot oil down on them? Or they would just sit there and shoot them with a bow and arrow? You know what I mean? So they would probably had all this stuff going through their mind. And it really looked impossible. How in the world were they going to overcome this wall that looked impossible from their perspective? And that's because walls distort our true perspective. Look at this. It's hard for us to see what God is up to when we hit a wall in our life. We don't know what's on the other side of the wall. We don't know how we're going to get over it, how we're going to get around it, how we're going to get through it. And we lose perspective. And some of you here this morning are starting to lose your perspective because you have hit a wall of worry about a health problem. Or maybe it's a wall of depression or a wall of grief that's just overwhelming you from loss in your life. You've hit a wall in your marriage, your workplace, a wall in your health or your finances. You know, the Great Wall of China is one of the only man-made objects you can see from space. But from space, the Great Wall of China looks like a little speck of sand. The Great Wall of China is nothing compared to the greatness of God who created the universe. And hear me this morning. And your wall is nothing compared to the greatness of your God. It's just that you've lost some perspective. But if you get a God level perspective, you can see that wall is really small compared to the greatness of your God. And you get perspective when you come to worship. And that's why Jeremiah 32 27 says, Behold, I am the Lord, the God of all flesh. Is anything too hard for me? Let me ask you that question. Is anything too hard for God? Nothing. God is saying, no wall is too tall for me. I am bigger than any problem that you face. In fact, what that wall really is, it is a real, real small wall from my level, from my perspective. And so when we come to worship and we focus on God, that's really what worship is. Literally, worship means to focus on God. And when you get your focus off yourself, and your wall and on to your God, then he begins to move in your life. And that's why some of you this morning, God is lifting you up even now, encouraging you even now, because some of you walked in here with your wall, with that burden that's crushing the life out of you. You came in here and you started worshiping, started singing to God, focusing on God. And then through the teaching, you're focusing on God. And as you focus on God through worship, you get some perspective. You start seeing a little glimpse 
of how big and great your God is and your wall begins to get a little smaller and a little smaller and a little smaller. And God wants you to know today there's no wall too tall for him to tear down. Aren't you thankful? So first of all, walls distort our perspective. But secondly, walls discourage our persistence. You think the first place that the people of Israel would go once they got out of the wilderness and they first went into the promised land would be a little village of friendly people that would just kind of be hospitable to them. Like, I mean, like, like Alabama, you know. I mean, we're known for our southern hospitality and being hospitable. So you'd think you'd just go into a restaurant. They say, hey, just sit down, relax, and let's just eat some barbecue and have some sweet tea. Some of you have dealt with that, amen? You know what I'm talking about. Well, they're in the promised land. This is the promised land. Finally, we've arrived in the promised land. And the first thing they hit is a wall. And sometimes we're following God. We're praying. I mean, we're even going down God's path. And we hit a wall. And we're like, huh, no, 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 no wait a minute, God. Uh, I must be out of your will. I mean, I'm doing the things you called me to do. I'm following your path, I thought. And because I'm following your path, I mean, that, that means everything should be smooth sailing, right? And the path should be clear because you opened the path. I mean, you actually illuminated the path that I was walking down, and everything should be perfect. And here it is, I hit this wall. I'm following your path, I thought. And because I'm following your path, that means everything should be okay. God, this makes no sense. And what happens? We give up praying, and it becomes discouraging. Ever been there? And we think that either we're out of God's will, or God doesn't know what he's doing. Let's be honest. But walls are part of God's will for your life. You need to understand that. Walls are part of the path that God has you on. Why? Because, first of all, walls causes you to fall. It causes us to fall. Think about it. When everything is going great, I'm going down God's path, then I hit a wall, and it causes me to fall. And usually, it causes me to fall on my face before I fall on my knees. You ever been there? Ever been there? You get on your knees quickly, you trust God, because without walls, I would never pray. If everything was always perfect in my life, I would not be drawn to get on my knees and go, God, I need you. God, I need a miracle in my life. So, Lord, I need you to knock down this wall. I don't know what to do. God, I need you to open this door. I don't know what to do. I need you. I can't do this in my own strength. God, I trust you. And so I pray it's the walls that keep you on your knees too. It's the walls that teach you to walk in faith. Because without walls, we would never learn to walk in faith. It was just like yesterday for the ladies thing. You know, me and Ben were the only two guys there upstairs, you know, uh, running the sound and just, you know, Jennifer Beck, many of you know her testimony, diagnosed with breast cancer. And to watch her perspective and how she said cancer was the greatest thing that ever happened to her. And she explained why. She understands about that wall. 
And she understands that God is tearing down that wall. That's the kind of faith that we need to have. And so, I pray that it's the walls that keep you on your knees. You see, the Israelites kept walking in faith around the walls because the wall was there. I mean, they would have just gone right through it if the wall hadn't been there, and they would have thought, what would they have thought? Well, look at us. Look at us. We're a great army. But God taught them to trust Him, to depend on Him, to get to know Him. And it's the walls that causes you and I to worship God. It's the walls that causes us to fall on our knees and cry holy. It's the walls. There have been walls that we have have hit us as a church. I mean, the most recent, of course, is the COVID. And in the middle of COVID, when we don't even have people here, we were able to pay off a debt a little over two years early. That's just God. He is faithful. You see, walls are part of God's will for your life because walls teach you to walk in faith. So the last point here is a long one. So how do I walk in faith when I'm faced with a wall? Well, you keep walking to possess the promise. First, you walk to, in faith to possess the promise. You walk in faith to possess what God has promised you. Now, I want you to notice this in Joshua 6, 2. And the Lord said to Joshua, See, I have given Jericho into your hand with its king and mighty men of valor. Basically, it's like that song we sang. It is finished. It's over. I mean, he already made the promise. So God says, hey, Joshua, don't worry about Jericho. I've already delivered that into your hands. That battle's already done. I've won that battle for you. It's over. But there's a problem. Look at verse 1. Now, Jericho was shut up inside and outside because of the people of Israel. So nobody was going in or out, okay? So God says, Joshua... I've delivered Jericho into your hands. But Joshua looks up, and all he can see is like the Great Wall of China. Can you imagine? And God says, I'll give you this promise that you've won the victory because of my power. Remember that song? Holy Spirit power. Resurrection power because there's only power in my blood. Amen? Listen. But when you have to possess what God has promised. You've got to possess it. You can't just sit there. You've got to possess it. Just because God promises me something doesn't mean I possess it. I have to step in faith to possess what God has promised. You see, God always works this way. God says, hey, this is yours. In fact, he told Joshua in another time, every, every place, your feet, everywhere you set your foot, will be yours. So what did he have to do? He just had to step his foot out in faith. And what is God asking you to do? Take another step of faith. Take another step of faith. Take another step of faith. Sometimes there were enemy warriors, and he had to trust God to win the battle and take another step of faith. You see, Satan doesn't lie down and just let you have everything that God wants to give you. You've got to keep taking steps of faith. But God fights his battles for you. You see, Joshua looks out and he sees the wall. 
And God says, hey, victory's already won. I've already given them into your hands. What do you do when what you see doesn't line up with what God said? Let's just get real this morning. What do you do when God has said, I'll fill you with joy, but you're filled with a debilitating depression, and you can't see any way in or any way out? Or God says, I filled you with my peace, but all you feel is an overwhelming anxiety that you can't seem to get rid of. Or when he says, I have given you the victory, but boy, when you start looking around, all you see is the giants of defeat. Let me give you some advice. If you have negative thoughts, try to replace that struggle with the opposite thoughts and positive words. Actually, go pray Psalm 25. There's 22 verses there. Just pray that. What do you do when he says, I have given you wonders, but all you see are walls. You keep walking until you possess the promise. Keep walking in faith. Keep circling. Keep praying. You don't give up until you possess, you possess the promise. God's just building your faith. Look at this. Keep walking even when you don't see progress. Amen? Every time I've ever gone on a diet, I, just, I thought that I would lose 5 to 10 pounds the first day because I starved myself to death. Y'all know that feeling? And you look at the scales, and it's a couple ounces, and then it's a pound, and then when I tell my wife I've had a good day, and, oh, I, I did good day, I lost 3 pounds. Well, men can just do that. Women can't. That really makes me feel good, you know. Y'all never said that, right? Look at verses 7 and 8. And he said to the people, go forward, march around the city, and let the armed men pass on before the ark of the Lord. And just as Joshua had commanded the people, the seven priests bearing the seven trumpets of ram's horn before the Lord went forward, blowing the trumpets with the ark of the covenant of the Lord following them. Let's stop right there because the ark of the Lord's covenant was where God's presence dwelt. And so God wanted them to do the strange thing of walking around carrying the ark so they would remember God was the one that knocked down the walls and it wasn't their own strength and by their own power. And sometimes, listen people, God will ask you to do something that doesn't make any sense at all because he wants you to learn to trust him for success. Let's go on. Look at verse 9. The armed men were walking before the priests who were blowing the trumpets, and the rear guard was walking after the ark, while the trumpets blew continually. But Joshua commanded the people, You shall not shout or make your voice heard. Neither shall any word go out of your mouth until the day I tell you to shout. Then you shall sh shout. So he calls the ark of the Lord to circle the city going about at once. And they came into the camp and spent the night in the camp. So understand. They marched around the city one time, blowing trumpets, and they get around the city. Now, it probably takes them about an hour, knowing the size of Jericho back then. Then he says, just go home to your camp. They go home, but nothing has happened, right? Now, they do this for how many more days? 
Six. It was the seventh day when it happened, right? So they do this for six more days. And then on the seventh day, they march around the city six more times. And what do they have to show for it? Nothing. Not one thing yet. Now, if I had been God, now, come on. I mean, if I had been God, you ever want to be God for a day, right? Because, I mean, I know if someone God for a day, I still wouldn't be alive, okay? <laughs> listen, listen. If I had been God, I would have probably said, well, you know, that first time when they marched around, I'm going to probably let a few bricks fall. Keep them motivated, amen? So they go back, yeah, yeah. I can't wait to get up and see these walls fall. And then the second day, I'd probably make four or five feet of bricks fall. You know what I mean? But look, people would think, man, I love walking around the walls because those walls just keep falling. Oh, man, I'm telling you, it's not going to take much of anything for all of this just to fall down. We're going to win the battle. I mean, man, that would have motivated them, wouldn't it? But God knows better than I do. And they kept walking and walking and walking and no bricks, no bricks and no bricks. And Naaman the leper kept dunking and dunking and dipping and dipping and no cure of leprosy until the seventh time. Listen. But God, knew, he knows better. Now listen. What do you do when you're praying for a miracle and you don't see any progress? You're circling around that problem and it's not getting any better. Well, today is Mother's Day. Mom, maybe today marks another lap around the sun that you've been praying for your wayward son or daughter. God says, keep circling. Marriage or relationship problems, keep circling. Let me just uh, say something here to all you married couples. I actually put all this in last night. You and I are our biggest problem. Did you hear that? You and I are our biggest problem. We don't have to look any further. We don't live for our spouse. We live with our spouse. A strong marriage rarely has two strong people at the same time. It is a husband and a wife who takes turns being strong for each other in the moments when the other one feels weak. Can I get an amen on that? So if things are getting worse, what do you do? Keep circling. Keep circling in faith. Take another lap and lead the results up to God. When progress is not obvious, that doesn't mean that God's not working. And while you are taking another faith lap, you need to always know that God is working the night shift. Sometimes you can't see anything happening to the wall in front of you but something's happening inside of you. See, God is preparing you for the wall to fall. God is drawing you closer to himself. It's the pain of the wall that's not, that's, when it's not falling that draws you to the Lord. It draws you closer to his presence. And you're finding out what real joy is. You're finding out what his real peace is and what real victory is. What happens when you're praying for something and then it gets worse? Do you give up? Usually we do. And God says, hey, when that happens, I'm just wanting to teach you how to walk in faith. Keep circling. Look at this. Real maturity is walking in faith despite the results 
that you see and leaving the results to God. It's my job to obey. It's God's job to come through and to do what he wants to do. So you and I have to leave the results in God's hand to do it in his time and in his way. Take another lap as if it's going to be your last lap. If it's going to be the lap where the walls actually fall because one day it will be. Keep circling as if it's the last time around. I love the acronym PUSH. Y'all know. Say it with me. Pray until something happens. And then I want you to see this last thing. That is, you walk in faith until the walls fall down. Get it? Keep walking until the walls fall. It's interesting, people, that Joshua never tells the people what God told him specifically. Man, that'd drive me crazy. I want to know everything when I want to know it. What about you? And man, if I got a whole church, I come here and tell you something crazy. I know you think I'll tell you a lot of crazy things, but if I really tell you something crazy, like, uh, you know, remember when the sun stood still 48 hours? Hey, guys, we got 48 hours of daylight to finish this battle. I mean, would you follow? Think about it. But you want to be able to give them a little proof. But it's interesting. Joshua never tells the people what God told him specifically. He tells them how to walk around, but he never tells them, hey, by the way, now, on the seventh day, on the seventh lap, the walls are going to fall down. So just hang in there with me, okay? I don't know why. Maybe it's because he wanted them to learn to follow him knowing that he was following God no matter what the results. You see, they didn't know that the walls were going to fall on the seventh lap, on the seventh day. They'd walked around the walls six days and then on the seventh day, the sixth time, and still hadn't seen one brick fall. Now, what if they would have stopped, huh? What would be reading about in that chapter? Some of you have walked around the wall six times, and you have given up. And the miracle, the seventh time is the next lap. Don't give up on the sixth. You keep walking in faith. You take the next lap. Keep circling, expecting the walls to fall. And one day they will. And God doesn't tell us when we're on our last lap, does he? But you just keep walking in faith. And by the way, the number six is always the symbol of man in the Bible. Imperfect, broken, sinful man. Six, 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 the mark of the beast. Seven is always God's number, the perfect number. So you understand they didn't know they were on the perfect number as they walked around. And we, and we don't know we're on that seventh time, seventh number sometimes. And we, we don't know when it will be for us. But I want to say this next lap may be the lap where the walls fall in your life. So keep walking and keep circling. And as we prepare for our invitation Right now, I want everyone to just stand right now as we prepare for our invitation. As I read these last two verses, just go ahead and stand if you would. This is what it says in these two verses. On the 17th day, they rose early at the dawn of day and marched around the city in the same manner, 
seven times. It was only on that day that they marched around the city seven times. And at the seventh time, when the priests had blown the trumpets, Joshua said to the people, Shout, for the Lord has given you the city. Now, we're not going to shout, but we're going to sing, for the Lord has already given you the victory. And don't stop on your sixth lap. Don't stop. What do you do, again, when you've marched around seven, I mean, six times and you haven't seen any results? You keep walking in faith. And listen, when you can't walk anymore, you crawl. But don't you quit before the seventh lap. Don't quit until the walls fall. Let's pray together. Dear God, who knocks down walls, you who knocked down the walls of Jericho thousands of years ago, we ask you right here, right now, to knock the walls down in our lives. We pray that you would do that, Lord, that you would go before us, that you would go behind us, you would go beside us. Lord, just smash down every wall that Satan has put up. Smash down every wall that's in our path so that we can possess what you have already promised to us. Help us, Lord, do not not give up on the sixth lap, but to keep going another lap, praying, trusting, and believing, and knowing that you've never failed us yet. And we thank you that you're going to do it again. Lord, I pray for those who feel led to come to the altar, that they would not stop on the sixth lap, but you would just work a miracle and answer their prayer. And Lord, I also pray for those who have never received you into their life as Lord and Savior. They would just pray right now, Jesus Christ, I need you to save me and to forgive me of all my sins, to come into my life and change me and be the Lord of my life. Lord, we thank you for a miracle-working God. Do all of that, Lord, I pray, God. Do all of this stuff in our lives, Father, right now. Bring the miracle on, Father. Help us to have a breakthrough. And it's in your holy name we ask it all. Amen. Thanks for listening to the Lima Baptist Temple Podcast. We hope you are encouraged today, and we would love to hear from you. If you have a prayer request, a topic you would like to discuss, or want to share what God is doing in your life, visit us online at limabaptisttemple.org forward slash central hub.